welcome to today's edition of Collisions YYC. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Today on the show, I sit down with Ms. Damaris Sampini. Damaris is an executive strategist. She works with disruptors focusing on global growth. Damaris brings a very interesting perspective to our Calgary conversation today, not one of not one of local borders, but of global purview. She looks at the world from a broader perspective and maybe brings us some insights of what's available if we pull back the curtain on our own borders and look to the world stage. Join me in welcoming Damaris Sampini. We've had been having a wonderful chat here off air, getting to know each other, and I'm excited to have you on because I think you have, well, I've certainly gathered very early in the conversation, got some very cool perspectives about Calgary, your experience. So just to give everybody a little bit of a background, give us a quick, um, what's your connection to Calgary? You've been in Calgary for how many years? Um, I've been in Calgary since 96. Right on. Um, So I graduated high school, I went to Banff, and then I figured I would go to Calgary and go check it out, go to school there. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. So Fantastic. And you primarily, did you move right into oil and gas at that time? Um, yeah. So I went to school. I went to Mount Royal when it was a college, not a university. Um, and I did the business administration and marketing. Um, one of my first jobs was actually for North Star Energy, which is today's Devon, which has now pulled out of Canada and has been bought by CNRL. So uh, many things have happened ever since. Um, I have got to develop into a couple of different roles. Some of them are more technical. I worked for an engineering company, doing a little bit more in the back, uh, working on uh, very tech, you know, applications with oil and gas facilities, pipeline engineering, because I went to state and did the first year of petroleum engineering tech, which I didn't finish. I went back um, into the business side. I did the Forum for International Trade Trading back at my Royal College again. So I've kind of been in and out of school. Most recently, I did my strategic management at UFC, and then I've done a bunch of other courses on uh, um, supply chain and Six Sigma and lean concepts when it comes to supply chain and a bunch of other technical um, education throughout and, uh, you know, it's funny because I have a friend who's got five degrees. He's a lawyer and a master's and a doctorate. And and I bugged him the other day and I go, geez, you're such a nerd. And he goes, you're calling me a nerd? When have you ever stopped going to school? Um, so <laughs> hey, I'm actually, hey, kettle, stove, what's going on? <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm a landed refugee here in Canada. And uh, when I came, my parents really came from nothing. And so... You know, I never had the luxury to go and get a full degree. Everything that I took at school, I had to pay for myself. So uh, I've kind of worked, earned enough money for my education and kind of went back as as, uh, time permitted. So um, I think also that the responsibility of uh, not not even a professional, but a human is to continue to develop your brain and learn different things and, and be curious. I think that I was born curious and curiosity is... You know, perhaps curiosity can kill a cat, as they say, but, <laughs> they you know, sometimes it's okay to, uh, the cat also has nine lives, right? So I think that we should take those risks sometimes. And uh, But yeah, I love Calgary. I've also got to do some international business with the companies that I was employed at. Um, I, I incorporated over six years ago now. Jeez, almost seven. Uh, time flies. My last job, I was with... Um, uh, DHL, uh, the largest supply chain company in the world. Before that, I worked uh, with Flint Energy, which was the largest employer in Western Canada uh, for many years. And so, you know, I went from everything from the field uh, out and up in Fort McMurray, Fort St. John, Grand Prairie, 
Red Deer, Lloyd Minster, and, and I got to see a lot. Of, I've got to experience many, many things. And so I've been very lucky. I consider myself very lucky to have been given that opportunity, um, you know, and, and uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of pride uh, working for an energy sector that used to have a lot of pride here in Western Canada, um, you know, and then I've been a lot in the States. I've done a ton of business in the States where they still hold a lot of that pride, right? So, right. you know, I think that there's a mix, um, and, and we do some pretty cool things in the energy sector. I still work a lot in the energy sector. So strategy is um, not necessarily... So strategy is your current... Exactly. Your so strategy is, is a consultancy that I formed um, six and a half years ago. And last year, I brought on board four strategic partners, um, and they're very worldly, amazing, amazing humans that bring a lot to the table. So what we do is we work, we work with companies that are innovators and that are disruptors in different areas. A lot of them are in energy just simply because a lot, most of us have uh, come from that well, side. You, you've got your roots are very firmly. So I'm assuming your network, a lot of your connections yeah, are in exactly. that industry. And so, but you know, traveling the world and, and having done, Different things. I think that I wanted to mix, um, you know, for me personally, and the reason why I incorporated was I came from a business development side, marketing, sales, uh, really building out plans for growth. Um, a lot of it very tactical. Um, and some of it somewhat, somewhat disconnected from, you know, sort of there was the big corporate goal and then there was the people, sort of the minions who would go and execute it. And I, I saw a big disconnect in people being engaged in, in the big picture of what that mm -hmm. means for them personally. Versus just that day-to-day -day grind. And, yeah. and actually completely losing sight of the big pictures, which is often can happen. Exactly. So, and then I went to work with DHL, which was actually, I worked on some amazing um, complex supply chains. And so... I mean, we ran like Walmart, for example, on the retail side. My my role, I was the director for North America for oil and gas, petrochemicals, and mining. So all very traditional industries, but we wanted to implement what a true complex supply chain, effective and efficient operation looks like to oil and gas. Um, so it was. I learned a lot about lean systems and processes. And so having all of that knowledge, when I took my second mat leave and decided not to go back to DHL, I really wanted to combine the growth and, and how I knew what growth meant for a business while applying a lot of lean concepts and eliminating the waste that may exist in actually arriving at business growth. At the same time, I was finishing my strategic management at UFC. So it all kind of just came together and uh, and we formed this group. So it's, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing today, working with a lot of really cool companies. And the goal is to take a look at global markets, right? So I think that a company should see themselves in their own environment, but also see themselves in the greater environment. That doesn't necessarily mean, let's go open an office in Malaysia tomorrow. Right. But it means, what does that mean for me and my business and my product or my service or my mandate in a different part of the world. Um, and so we work to build them business strategies to get them there. Um, and, and, and the goal is there's got to be an ROI for the investor. So sometimes if we require investment, 
there needs to be an ROI uh, for the investor, also for their client. So there needs to be a magnitude of, of that return on investment. But what's something that's very key and, and important to us is return on community, really wanting to connect and, and leaving some type of legacy that means something different to everybody. Um, coming for, from where I come from, that is very important to me and it's just ingrained in, in what I do. And I just think that we need to give back and leave something that that we can in, in our own unique way. That's which 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 is fair. And it talking about earlier about what motivates people and what connects, it's connecting to something bigger than just the task or the monthly KPIs or whatever. So to bring that all back, that sounds really it's interesting because it's, I think it's very relevant. There's a lot of talk right now in Calgary about transformation, our need to transform. What does that mean? So I'm curious from your perspective in the world, because obviously the world of oil and gas has probably changed for you even in the last few years, which has facilitated, you know, moving into different areas. So when you think about transformation in Calgary, when you think about like what's working, what's not working, kind what's your perspective what do you see going on out there if you think about it that way again I'm, I'm i'm extremely fortunate on having come from the energy sector and still working in it uh for the most part but also have worked with technology companies um one company that i'm working with today they they are actually industry agnostic and they they apply they have a full p2p System and so you know again I am exposed to other industries outside so P- of it. So P2P in that I got some feedback that sometimes my guests use acronyms. So I'm going to always right. stop. So what's P2P in this case? Pro- procure to pay. Okay. So Thank complete you. automation for Perfect. for any company that has accounts payable and accounts receivable. Thank you. Which is hopefully everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's one company. You know I work with several other uh, companies that are in in more the innovative space blockchain companies uh, guild one was uh, one one of my clients we did a couple of smaller projects with them and um and so i get to experience what it's like coming from the world of this is how we've always done it to right. let's do something different every day and you know sometimes i feel like some of these companies are going so fast that they're almost tripping on themselves okay um, and then on the other side of that, there are some companies that are, you know, like I've talked to some some of my friends and, and colleagues that are CEOs, C-level folks in, in energy sector, and they'll say, I love that idea. I'll be the second one to try it, but I won't be the first. I've heard that a lot, that we're, we've got a lot of like, no, that first, like how do we de-risk it or what, I guess, what mindset needs to be there to be first? Because yes. someone's got to be first. Someone has to be first. And I think fundamentally is what's hurting us, right? Um, I also so think you that see that as really being one of the things that is, quote unquote, not working right now. That is what's not working. That's okay. one of the biggest things that's not working. Um, I think that we need to learn from each other very much. And I also think that it's a Canadian. Um, a lot of it mostly perhaps... I could see Toronto maybe being a little bit more ahead of us in this respect, but this part of the world I find quite conservative in decision-making. So I give okay. the example of, you know, I need a glass, right? And so I'm dying, I'm out in the middle of the ocean, and I need something to drink out of. So I go and ask you for a glass, and you go, here's a glass. And I say, you know, as an American, I would be like, oh my gosh, I need a glass. I'm going to buy this glass. They want to close a deal. They want to do business. 
Okay. And he realizes that he needs a glass. The Canadian would be like, you know, that's a really nice glass. I'm going to go take a look at a couple other glasses and see which one's better for me. And I'll get back to you. Then they go, you know, look at three other glasses. And by the time they do that, they're dead on the ground from dehydration. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, it's missed opportunity. And, you know, maybe mm. I'm, I'm, I'm overgeneralizing. Of course, Americans don't just go and make decisions. They do a metric Of course, approach. but we're looking at the broader, yeah, no, exactly. I appreciate your perspective. And so, so at one point, good you story. Need, and you need to make a mistake. And sometimes, you know what, you're going to die. Sometimes you buy the wrong, you buy the wrong glass. Exactly. And my, and my, my you know, often my tagline is, uh, is innovate or die, right? And people kind of go, okay, whatever. And, <laughs> and it's true. Innovate or die. I mean, this whole disruption thing is, there's a balance, right? So I think that, you know, on the other hand, I think disruptors can, can trip over themselves in some ways. And, we need to respect where we came from. We need to respect that there are tried and true ways, but we need to experiment and we need to just have that curiosity and making decisions. It doesn't matter if we make a mistake. Make it fast and move on. And that's the, another the whole fail fast mindset. But I think there is a very conservative like that because yeah, you're going to be hung out to dry if you, if you made a mistake. We're losing. I mean, we're losing on a daily basis. You take you take a look at. You know, again, energy sector. We are falling behind on a daily basis. Whether you like energy or not, you're using it because you're listening to this. And so, <laughs> therefore, True. you use it. And, and, you know, I have this whole concept of the future of energy. And what does that mean, right? It's not going to be the same. It can't be, right? right? We're very much at a, at a a very pivotal point in the global time and and so you look at what we've done to date it's commandable energy has made our lives better can we keep going the same way hell no we cannot right and so how do we actually mix everything i mean we spent 75 percent of renewable projects are funded by oil and gas most people don't know that right because they don't need to know that i guess because they just want to use the benefits of what it is the biggest uh, wind and solar projects are actually ran and, and implemented by the likes of, you know, CNRLs or Suncors and so on. And so it's a mix, right? And so how do we get there, right? We've got so many innovative minds and brains that are doing so many different things. I think for every problem the industry has had, over 150 years we've been innovating, but today, it's changing with the whole new technologies that exist out right. there. Um, but I think there's fear of making decision, right? And so I think that's the biggest impediment that's going on today. Any thoughts on how to de-risk that? Because again, I want to be second. Why? Because I want someone to have taken the bulk of the risk on. Do you see that as just different levels of thinking? Because obviously that goes right down to the culture of the organization who's making the decisions. Or is it government involvement to help support that? I'm always looking at, like, like yeah. you said, it's a mixed, it's a mixed answer. Mm. Yeah, it's a mixed answer. I think, I actually think there are some people here that are experimenting. Okay. So I'm not going to say that there aren't. Okay. Um, there are. Who are you seeing that are doing so? Like, let's, like this show is all about colliding and getting people's names out. Yeah, there. there so. Who you are know, you seeing that are doing some good things uh, in this sector in our in our in our world? I would say some of them are quietly progressing, and okay. and you know, for the, for the confidentiality of some of the projects that, uh, that people course, are working on, I, I I won't say names on there, but some of the other ones that are more um, vocal about 
um, actually being innovative are companies such as Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know NAL Resources at one point. I know that they, they've divested some assets and they're they're becoming a little bit leaner. Um, also, Birchcliff uh, Energy. You know, Seven Gen will consider themselves innovative. Um, I think they're more innovative, I guess, at the drill bit. Um, I don't know that they're necessarily implementing a whole lot of uh, software on the software side of things, but I okay. don't know. I don't. I don't work there on a day to day. Uh, uh so Pat Carlson, you know, golden boy of oil and gas, he's, he's actually a very progressive thinker. Um, he's actually quite conservative. He's actually very inspiring to me. Uh, I've heard him speak a couple of times and have had, uh, uh, the fortune to have lunch, a small luncheon with him. And, and I, I really like his train of thinking because he says we need to apply technology and, and be, you know, kind of get away from the conventional way of thinking, but yet he's quite traditional, right? So I think... Mm-hmm. He represents a really cool balance of somebody who is applying technology where they can, right? And so, so how do you de-risk it? Back to the question. <clears throat> I think that there's only so much de-risking you can do. Right. At one point, you just need to pull that Band-Aid and just get her done, right? So I think people just need, need to take the risk, right? Because... If you don't take that risk, you'll never know. Well, and, the, and the, there, 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 it isn't. There isn't no risk by not acting. It's just a different right. type of risk. 100%. Innovate or die. Yes. Right? Back to back to your back to innovate or die. You will die, and 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 it's happening, and we're seeing it. You know, mm-hmm. and and I also think that companies need to empower their people to take those risks. Which comes down to a cultural and how the organization, like what's the DNA of that organization to allow, uh, physically allow that to happen. Exactly. And, and, and actually to not be crucified if you, if you make a mistake. And so leadership is easy to talk about sitting here, but it's hard to do in real life. Sure it is. Right. Because they don't, you know, because it's their jobs. Mm -hmm. Right. And so absolutely it's, it's very real. And so when the leader may say, yeah, we will take risks. Well, what does that mean? Right. So let's build out a process of, it doesn't have to be anything complicated. It could be something that's... Arguably, easy. it needs to not be complicated. <laughs> exactly, right? Make it simple so that you have a couple of check stops where you go, okay, yes, no, let's do it, not do it, but let's make that decision and move forward, right? I also think that companies, you know, I look at companies that are running fast and furious. They don't necessarily take the time. I think that needs to be, you know, they have the morning meeting, you know, on the Tuesday or whatever it may be. Let's not just have a progress on KPIs morning meeting, but let's have a, what idea can we apply over the next month or two months or three months or next quarter or two quarters? And pick them, pick them, pick one or two. Right, and and then run after it. Mm. And run, do pilots, right? Yes, the argument is it takes time. I understand. But that is a part of your investment. That's part of investing in, actually implementing processes, procedures, software, if it is, you know, innovation can be anything. Yes, it doesn't, matter. it's always it doesn't good to clarify, to it doesn't software. always have to be technology. Exactly, but it, it just, it, it needs to have a chance to be able to flourish, right? I find that, you know, when it comes to the energy sector specifically, I look at the service side of the industry, they have mm-hmm. bent over backwards, and most of my clients have been on the service side, um, to, 
and and I push them hard on what is your value proposition? What are you, tr- you, what are you truly delivering on? What's your value proposition? What's the one thing that your customer cannot live without, right? That is arguably one of the hardest questions in business sometimes, especially, in a, especially in a service-oriented environment. Sure it is. And, you know, because you want to do everything, but you can't be everything, right? And what's the one thing that you're the absolute best at? Mm-hmm. And so what's the one thing, and why are you the best, right? Because you've got however many competitors. Why am I going to pick you? So, you know, part of it can be the personal side and the personal relationship and so on. And we're very relationship driven here. Um, but the other piece needs to be more substantial. So, so I've worked very hard to do that. Now, I find that the energy producer, so more than the producer and, and the owner side, um, they haven't had to do that. Hmm. And that, I think, needs to be a fundamental shift, right? Because oh, that's an interesting observation. It, well, it's, it, it's a very true observation because yeah, guess what? No, I don't just... invest in oil and gas companies. I haven't for many years up until the last couple of years because the companies that I do invest in have a value proposition, right? And they haven't had to think that way. They haven't had to think, oh man, I am, you know, um, tourmaline. What's my value proposition, right? Mm-hmm. Why should people invest in me? Right? No, and you're so, absolutely right. It's a really, I, I think it's a powerful observation. And so you sit there and you go, well, what is it? Right? Because guess what? If I know that you're leaving money on the table, if I know that your supply chain is still very sloppy and it is 2019 and you don't have processes and procedures in place to keep that margin tight, well, if you're leaving three grand, as we were talking earlier, yeah. on the table, you know, once a week, guess what? That's my 5% as an investor. So guess where I'm not going to invest? And so as an investor, and, and, and this is what investors' intelligence is, and, and much most of them are probably more intelligent than I am. I want to know that you're tight in your processes, your procedures, your supply chain. I want to know that you are looking at what's best, what are the best tools out there to make sure that I get my return on that investment. Which is interesting. So we're putting that into the category of being innovative, where it's kind of table stakes. It's been table stakes in a lot of other industries forever because of those smaller margins and every penny did count. Exactly. Where we came from an energy, well, we lose a few pennies off the table. It doesn't matter because we're making so many. We're making dollars. We don't worry about pennies. It does boil down to margins, but those margins have got tighter now. Totally. And So uh, that mindset shift is very real. It's very And that's real. been the last, what, three to five, really? Exactly. How yeah. much has your world changed working in the oil and gas sector? You be, so in the last three to five is when you've transitioned to be more involved in the tech side? Was that yeah, because of I the downturn say, and because of like, did you just evolve there or was it a bit of a push? No. So I actually, one of my, I had a couple smaller clients, uh, but one of my main clients uh, was called Mycotan. Uh, it's a software company, great software company, and they, they built a, a full, uh, almost an ERP, it's a um, system that was uh, for operations, so uh, for oil and gas specifically. And so I got kind of sucked into the software world. And uh, I, I mean, I actually, I literally would say when I started there and, and I, I, I became almost an employee, people thought I was an employee for the longest time. Um, and so I would say, you know, I actually break computers, right? So I have never, I don't come from the software side of, of the world or, or tech side of the world, but I got an appreciation. For me, it's about the value delivery. So I was very fascinated by that world. And I was actually very fascinated by the people in that world. So I would often go back to, you know, where all the developers are building these things and are implementing and and, and actually testing out. And and they're a very different breed of human than I am. I would actually (laughs) have to lower my voice. 
office and say good morning. You had to turn your calm dial I down did, a little bit. I did, I did. I couldn't be that as excited as I usually am. You and me both. <laughs> right? And so it was, it, was, uh, it was a learning curve, right? So, um, and, and I mean, some of these, I have one, one client, Bob, who's a brilliant brain. I mean, his brain works in so many different ways. He was actually my first inspiration into blockchain four years ago. I went to the back office and I used to go back there and say, hey, tell me something I don't know, right? And so he goes, have you heard about blockchain? So about two and a half hours later, I walk out of there and, uh, you know, <laughs> my, we, I have this whole concept uh, about, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like mind sex, right? It's like, that was a good session. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was just, it's fascinating. We all get stimulated in different ways. Exactly, Absolutely. right? And so, um, you know, my brain was definitely, definitely very stimulated from that. And, and so you learn so many different things. So I really shifted into that whole realm of, uh, for me, it's not necessarily about me figuring out how to build a software solution, but I needed to know enough about how these people that are building these things think, mm-hmm. what, what's meaningful for them, um, but also being able to translate the value. So in their head, the specifics... Well, back to the value proposition and being exactly. able to communicate that because, again, if you can't, if your customer can't understand what value it's going to provide to them, then it doesn't matter. Exactly. Transaction stops. Mm. Well, and I mean, they could have the best development team in the world and, yeah. you know, Harvard, MIT, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, their customer is going to ask, what's in it for me? How does it make me better? How does it make me faster? How does it make me money? How does it give me an advantage? Mm. How does it give me an advantage that nobody else has? And, and those are the questions that you need to make sure that you're able to succinctly answer. They don't have a half an hour or an hour or any more than 30 seconds, uh, it's, really. It's, it's back to the elevator's pitch. It's the, you know, if you go back to that it concept is. that's been around, it's just a different version of like how quick can you it's get it It's a different across. version and it's also a different... Um, there's so much coming at people today. Decision makers don't have time. And, yeah. and, and I know it because they, they just don't. And they're drinking out of fire hoses. The moment they wake up, they probably, you know, go on the Financial Times or, you know, whatever publications they read. Um, and they're pick, picking the pieces that they need for themselves. So first of all, do your research. Figure out what, what's the problem. Let's answer a problem, right? Because we need to answer a problem. And, and, and make it succinct because it's, it's too hard to catch everybody's attention and you can't be everything to everybody either. So, yes. Well, that's the discipline in that process when you are innovating is, is, you know, I think I've, I've, even in our, we meet so many companies that are like, Oh yeah, but our customers, everyone. I'm like, okay, stop. Okay. Let's bring it down. Who is the most, it takes a lot of discipline to do that. And I think you, like you said, it's a really interesting to bring together because oftentimes the people that are coming up with that solution, their brains don't work that way. So back to bringing it together and getting different perspectives at the table. So from an overall Calgary, perspective like are we just lacking in that in general like i think tech and technology innovation is always challenged with that is how do we get people to understand the value that this thing provides do you think that's more prevalent here just because of our dna and the way we've worked for so many years Hmm. that's a good question right i think alberta is such an innovative province um We are risk-averse in a lot of ways. I think that, you know, if, if you go back to that, what's working, what's not, there are things that are working. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I also think that 
not everything needs to be completely. Some people are really working on some amazing solutions and we don't hear about them. And there's a balance there between pounding our chests and going, look what I'm doing, right? And some people, I think, spend too much time in that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Right? You know, and, and, and not doing, right? Because we need the time to be doing it and be executing, right? So, you know, sometimes... Sooner or later, someone's got to get some work done. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I agree. So the work has to get done. And so some people will be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, I don't know if they're doing anything. Well, you know what? Maybe they are. You just don't know, right? So let's yeah. make no assumption here. Yes. Uh, right? That's good advice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's huge to not make any assumptions because... Um, and on the other side of that, you know, people will be like, oh, yeah, you know, Alberta, so it's so old, so old and old school thinking and it's all oil country. And Yeah, you hear um, that. Yes, absolutely. I hear that in Toronto all the time. <laughs> making assumptions, right? It's not true. You are really making assumptions that are dangerous. Um, so it's so not true. Um, so I think that, and, and, and there again, we have to be doing, so there's only so much research we can be doing in, in looking for these things, but they are out there. They are out there, and I think that we need to just figure out, find the problem that's bothering you, network, right? We have this amazing thing called LinkedIn, and it works, It does. Right? It works very well. It works very well, and, and there's people too, right? I mean... Nobody picks up a phone anymore, so calling people I don't think works anymore. I actually call people and I freak them out, and they freak me right out when they answer, right? I'm like, holy crap, you answered. Um, well, it's also the best way to stand out is do the thing that no one else is doing. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Br- bringing sexy back with calling people, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, Everything but, that's old is new again. Right? It's, the way it it's goes. so crazy, but, but I think that people need to seek to answer the questions that they have a problem for and make no assumption. I think that making assumptions, taking no risks... Are, are a big problem, right? right. And because and, there are things that are working, there are things that are working very, very well in the city. And and those people who are applying are winning. Right. And they're going to win in the long run. They're just going to. Because they're, 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 they're trying the most, they're taking the most shots on net, if you will. Exactly, right? right. So it's a numbers game sometimes, right? And yes, there is an investment, even if, if it's not a monetary investment, it's a time investment. But I think that there can be... Um, a process again where half an hour of one week we work on innovation. We just blue sky pick our ideas. Right. And and and, and it doesn't have to be crazy because I know you know some people can't think like that and that's okay. And sometimes I think I've seen there's a like innovation means it's gonna be this big as it could be the simplest little thing exactly. that's just like wow Shit, I never thought about doing it that way. Exactly. <laughs> and it changes everything. Yep. You made a comment earlier offline when we were just pre- pre-chatting about, you know, there's been a lot of focus on the startup and the disruptor and like that, mm-hmm. that the new, that innovation community from a startup perspective. And you kind of made the comment that you're like, well, you know what? I think we're maybe missing that there's more, esta- there's some established organizations that are maybe acting like startups and they're not getting the same amount of buzz, PR, press. It's not as cool and shiny. I don't know. You want to expand on that a little bit? I thought that was an interesting observation. Yeah. Um, for sure, there's a lot of companies that have great ideas. And, you know, actually, my friend Nav, who was the reason why I'm here, uh, the main introduction. I, have, I, yeah, I haven't had him on yet, but he's yeah, on my list. So he's he's got to get on this. Yeah, we've yeah, been yeah, juggling for some great. time to meet. Uh, we were at a YY Chain, which is a, a group that gets together uh, about blockchain and so uh, event, and they do little pitches, and you know, and, and it's exciting, right? Because you get there and you have like, oh wow, that's an amazing idea, and oh wow, that's another amazing, oh I didn't know you were doing that, oh I didn't know we were doing that, and so, you know, in a way, these are great 
places to go because you, you we really do get excited and you get to see what we are up well, it's, to. It's, it's incredible. Yes. It's, it's inspirational. It's, which is huge. Yeah. A little bit of inspiration every day goes a long way. <laughs> exactly. So so it's great that we have these things. So it's about what you know, him and I were chatting and then we're saying, well, sad that most of these won't ever make it. So right. like ninety percent of these will die. Right? And so um so that's kind of the glass half empty side of looking yeah. at it. Yeah. But we need the volume, right? So, so in a way, I'm happy that it's happening. And so, yes, it's inspirational. Yes, it's exciting. But what's inspirational to me, and to come back to, to the comments we were making earlier, is a company that's been doing it for several years, that has payroll, that is making it, that is also continuing to grow. You know, they're not a startup anymore, Right. Right. So they may not get all the attention and well, once you're in that 16 so- to 24 months, it becomes sometimes a bit less glamorous, a yeah. little bit more like quote unquote like a business, exactly. which is what we need. Yes. But it doesn't get the limelight. It changes. Like I always find even like there's that like minus two to zero when you're in startup mode and everything. And then from zero to like 18 months, there's reality usually hits. And if you can get through that, it changes into a different beast. Precisely. Okay. That's and I feel that. And I feel that that a lot of these companies. You know, the limelight and the, oh, yeah, look at me, may not be for everybody. And it's not for everybody because there's oh, a right. lot of successful companies that are doing very well that don't need that, right? Um, and almost shy away from it. Yeah, they shy away and from it. And that to me is almost where it can be almost the other way, where you need to hear about that company. <laughs> exactly. I have one client that are... What's the base layer? <laughs> exactly. They're they're killing it. And they're killing it, you know, globally. And, and we're going to kill it even even more globally. And very exciting, but they are completely under the radar. Killing it quietly. <laughs> killing it quietly. Killing it softly, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, they're amazing. And and uh, and I love their approach because they're extremely selective on the clients that they work with. And it's, it's interesting. It just connected the dots with me because I often will tell my clients, choose your clients. Choose your customer. Because it's a powerful concept. It's a very powerful concept and it actually takes a lot of... Uh, rigidity to to do because encourage encourage because we, we say yes as, as entrepreneurs way, way too, too much, much way too much and then the thing is you've got two problems there number one we have limited resources number two time is never working in our favor and so focus on the ones you know take a look at right now what does your cl- customer base look like or your potential customer base which one's the best customer that you could possibly have? And which one's the crappiest customer? Nobody wants a shitty customer. But guess what? You need to identify who that and is. they could be a great customer for someone else. Exactly. <laughs> just not for you. Exactly, so, right? Like there may be, a per- I, don't, I don't know, there could be many factors. But let's figure out who's who and how do we actually go after that customer. So, you know, so back to, um, you know, the the whole kudos to all startups. And hey, man, it takes courage. It takes big time courage. And it takes courage and and major balls to really pass through the crappy time. That realization of, holy crap, what did I do? Pardon my Spanish if I swear, by the way. It, I've actually it's, been it's, really good. This isn't yeah. a, No, you've I've been, been really great. Good. You've been yeah, great. Because yeah. in my mind, I was, my like, I was, like, I was like, do you have the ball? And then you said it right away. You said it. <laughs> I was leaving it sit right? out there. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. The window, the door was open. You went yeah. right in. <laughs> no, but I really do think that... Um, it takes a lot of courage to, you know, to not have the limelight, to not be the, oh, cool startup, um, 
to, oh crap, I'm not a startup anymore. I don't have that much attention, but now I have real problems to solve because I may have, you know, maybe it's just one or two people or maybe it's a staff of 30. And now you're going, I got to make payroll. And how do I uh, going yeah, to do that? These people's livelihoods. Yeah. yeah it, it, those things get very real. And that responsibility is exactly. Very real. And so that, that is what a true, you know, uh, and, and there's different levels of entrepreneurs, right? Of um, and, and so that's, that's what a, a person can really lose sleep over. Right. I mean, the, the whole idea part is exciting. It's cool. It's all that, but to actually sit there on a Saturday night and your head's turning and you're going, how am I going to make payroll for the next couple of months? And, you know, cause, cause business happens, right. And, and ideally you have a great strategy and everything's growing great, you know, in a perfect world, but we all know that's not how it goes. Mm-hmm. That's not how it goes. Right. And so, so how do we get better and, and how do we innovate? And this has happened in the energy sector too, right. Where, mm-hmm. you know, I have friends that are, that have literally had to lay people off and to look at them in the face right before Christmas, right. When the industry had a real big, big hit and say, I'm sorry. Right, you're not going to have a job as of and January second. That's, that's the reality of all we're talking about the economy. We're talking, but at the end of the day, there's people connected to all this, precisely in their, in their lives and their families. It's very real, very real. And people taking those risks, and the people that are getting on board with them to take risks with them. Talk about being clear on your value. Yeah, and you're trusting. <laughs> yes, right. You're not just trusting the idea or the business, because some businesses may may look like amazing on paper, but then you know it's 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 a three pronged approach, right? You have to have your strategy, you have to have your people, and you have to have execution. Perfect. And then you know, people trying to execute, and then and then it's oftentimes a source of funding to keep those three all moving. Exactly, because <laughs> you need to put fuel in the fire. Of course, and if you know you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you don't execute it, yes, then it means nothing. And if you don't have the right people to drive that execution, then it's never it's never gonna be anything. It's it's such a reality, and you're right. It's it, it's 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 exciting when it works because it is. There's so much goes into it, and so much can go wrong. You know, someone said you're like a deer in a forest; everything can kill you. So you're kind of like success can kill you, failure can kill it's you, true. And, it's you know, true. a breeze can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the reality of what's happening in our in our city right now. Who, if you know, for people that are listening right now, this is all about collision. So it's all about getting people on people's radar. Where do you go for inspiration? Where do you do you go to certain conferences? I know you have a global preview, which I think it's very important to look outside of our own walls for inspiration and ideas what would you recommend for somebody to pursue to get a different uh, different view on things mm. i think it comes back to you know first we have to solve our own problems right uh, from a business perspective in our own companies and our own goals within that um i read i i'd like to go and take courses whenever i can right now i'm relocating my family to europe so and i'll be back and forth with a lot of travel but Reading, I think, is is a zen for me whenever I can fit it in. Um, but there's there's a lot of places to go, right? You know, from a from an international perspective, I look at several different publications. Um, sometimes it's just BBC because I want to actually look at, you know, like I said earlier, ROC is important to me. So what are communities doing? What are other people doing? Um, I think that there is a lot of um, events that are very very. You know, there's energy disruptors coming up. My friend Graham Edge, he he should actually be here. I've got Graham on Thursday. Hey, he's coming perfect. in this week. Yeah, I met Graham a couple of years ago when he was just in the idea phase. Right, so, love yeah. him to pieces. Th- Thursday yeah. morning, we're sitting down talking. Yay! Right, so that's one. Yeah. Right, um, I think that um, generally speaking, there's a lot of conferences that are great. 
I think any conference has value depending on what it is that you're looking for. That's a good, yes. Um, but I do think that oftentimes we don't plan enough. I mean, people think that you just go to a conference and there you go, you get everything. You need to plan to see what you need to get out What's of it. What's your intent? What's your desired outcome? Exactly. So I, you know, I think that that's... That's really good advice. Don't be, la- well, don't be lazy and don't just show up. It, it, you know, it makes so much sense to me, but... And it makes sense, I think, to everybody, but it's the doing it part. So (laughs) what's your plan when you go there, right? And so build a plan. Don't just show up. Uh, Because there are so many brilliant people. You know, there's so many brilliant people that are um, tossing out so many different ideas. InVentures was really great this year Okay. uh, here in Calgary. Uh, I know Collision was really great out uh, in Toronto. Toronto. Um, And so some of these are really, really great. I think at the end of the day, uh, we can attend uh, all the conferences in the world but you need to, again, go prepared on what you were looking for. And how do you bring that back and apply it to your business? Don't just end up with a bunch of business cards that just sit there and collect dust, right? And, and you know what? I'm, I'm guilty of it. Some of them do collect dust. But, and, and not that they're less important, but I will pick the ones that I think are most relevant where I can deliver them value. It's and, like you said, it's about, def- it's about defining where you're going to have the most impact and saying no to the rest. And being okay with just say no and move on. Yeah, and, and actually... I, you know, I will say to the people that are on the buying side, right? You know, when you go to places and you see these ideas and you go, oh man, that was such a great idea. Follow up with them. Right. Ask them what that's about. Take, I that, mean, little, take that last little extra step. Make no assumption, right? Like that they're maybe too startup or maybe they're not good enough or maybe they're too advanced. Or Let's make zero assumption and ask the question. Yes, it takes time. Have your assistant set up a 15 minute conversation so that you can understand what that is and invest the time to make it work. Well, two solid pieces of advice today. Innovate or die. Yes. And make no assumptions. I've heard those loud. And be curious. Be I curious. Say, you yeah. got to be curious. And, and whether, try you know, it out. And when you're thinking about your organization, you're thinking about Calgary as a city, but it all starts with individuals. Like, yes. yes. It's a series of individuals making choices. It does. And I talk a lot about global, right? And, 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 and our business is global. We handle Latin America, Europe, and, and a little bit of Af- Africa, which is a, a large part of the world. Um, and so as much as I think global... International business and trade. I would like to promote trade. I'm tired of seeing export and our brain power going away. I think we need to yes. keep that here because we need to keep some of that economic benefit, uh, you know, still in our, in our province and our country. But as much as I preach on thinking global, global starts locally, right? And so yes. we need to get to know each other and we need to build these networks. Um, and then, and then we've got good roots to be able to expand elsewhere. Well, you and I talked about earlier, like nothing in life, nothing in business happens without a relationship. True. And those overseas of the longer distance, arguably the even more important that the relationship is. Because you're not going to get to bump into them in the plus in the plus 15 kind of pseudo by accident. Mm. Yeah, we have such a great city for that. I'm going to miss the plus 15. This is the biggest small town. I grew up in a small town in Quebec, as you and I talked about. And mm-hmm. I moved here and I'm like, oh, I love it. It's a big city. But I'm like, oh, yeah. But in a very short period of time, you get to know everybody and everybody. Yes. It's one day. It's like, I forget someone I chatted with. They're like, it's official. Calgary is like 1.4 degrees of separation. If you go, like even already us talking today, there's like half a dozen people that have already crisscrossed cross our paths. Yes. And I'll probably great. see you within the week driving. Absolutely, we will. Calgary's the sure. biggest city I've ever lived in where you can, in your car, see someone you know on the way to work and wave to them. <laughs> it's like a small town. It's amazing. It's wonderful. I love it. I and love that, it for that reason. Absolutely. So, so do I. But I think that also really sets us up to get through this and hence why we put this podcast together. Let's bang all these ideas and these people together because it does start at home and Calgary is a fantastic city and I want nothing more for than it to succeed. And Me too. There's no reason that we shouldn't be. Like it's just, it's not right. It doesn't add up, if you it will. It doesn't add up. 
gap. No, you're right. You're right. I think that um, we just, it's, it's decision making that's going to drive it, that's actually going to get it through to the finish line. Um, you know, I think governments um, need to be progressively thinking about what can we do to support that decision making so people don't right. feel that they're a failure. Which is, which is arguably all part of that de-risking kind yes, of plat- platform. for sure, for sure. Because if this doesn't work, what are the consequences? Well, the consequences aren't that bad, actually. Yep. <laughs> you know, if the consequences of not acting are worse than, the, than the acting and failing, that's when everything will change. It's true. Very, very true. I'm reading a book, actually, right now. Please, yeah, make some. It's, uh, it's actually a funny book. Usually, I just finished reading uh, another blockchain book, so I've been reading uh, more tech books. But this one's actually really fun. Humans, a brief history of how we fucked it all up. Yes. I have seen that. <laughs> sh- it I, all up. Yeah, effed it all up. It's crossed <laughs> out, but now people, uh, we want people to find the right, right book. Yes. I've seen it on bookshelves because it shows up because it's yes. fluorescent green. And it, how is it so far? It's great. So I'm about halfway through. And what's, the, what's the takeaway so far? Well, you know what? It says we've basically been screwing up. So, <laughs> and I, I almost think everybody should read that because it's okay giving permission to that is huge. Right. And so, you know, they this do pass get, fail thing. It's exactly. not the way the world works. And, and it's so, degrees of degrees of success and degrees of failure. It's never usually a hundred percent anything. No, it isn't. And so, as I said earlier, I think we're at a very pivotal point in our human history today where we can make, and we were talking about AI earlier, mm-hmm. we can make some decisions to be, we can make some decisions to just keep going like the cattle and follow everybody else and la 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 da da and boring. That does I mean, not sound appealing. I'm out. No, I, don't, I, mean, I don't want kill that. me, kill yeah. me if that's that's who I'm going to well, be. That's what in. happens to the cattle eventually right? at the end of the thing. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, what happens to the cattle. And so, you know, and, and listen, there are people who need to do work and, and need to do uh, jobs that are that are mundane, and that's okay too. Um, you know, I think AI is going to get rid of those jobs. It's, it's, it's going to change the world. There's no question. It is changing we're, we're on the today, precipice. the world, right? Yeah, it's not and going so, to change. It's changing now. It's changing. So therefore, innovate or die, right? So then what are we going to do to not be killed in that process, right? And so you have to take a risk. It's scary. Yes, it's not easy. It's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to have a holy shit moments where you're going to go, what am I doing, right? And yes, I have a family to feed. I have, a, I have food to put on the table. But... We figure it out one way or another. So this book really talks about how, like, you know what? We kind of have to screw it up to become better. Hmm. I, I think that's what I'm taking in summary. Is that and, and so that but applies. Just, just giving just giving yourself permission for that is huge. Being the, okay with that and, as a, and bringing that into a company, bringing that into a province, bringing that into a city, and yeah. where there's a little bit of you know, I want to almost call it grace. Yes. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you less grace for doing status quo because I know it's more risky. <laughs> yeah, and we can't teach our staff to do that anymore. Right? We can't. We just well, have to get as inspired. As they say, leading by example isn't the you best way. It's the, it's the only way. <laughs> That's right. Well, Damaris, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. It was really good talking. I love your passion. We, 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 yeah. Um, I think we could do this all day. A little Latin came out. I know. I lo- yeah, I love that. I like a little feisty. Um, what's the best way if someone wants, someone's really inspired, they loved hearing what you had to say, they want to hear more, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I do answer the phone for the most part. I heard that. I know. I'm going to call you just to freak freak you out. And then if I don't answer, then I'm guilty, right? So, (laughs) um, you know what? Sustrategy, S-U-Strategy.com is my website. Um, we, I am quite active on LinkedIn. Yes, that's where I was. Creep- um, I was creeping on you. Yeah, I have a Twitter account that I think I've used two times, so I'm not very active on that right, space. But between um, your website, between yeah, seeing you out and about, and uh, get you on LinkedIn for sure. Exactly. And I know you're moving overseas, so good luck with with that adventure. Thank you. But you'll still be back and forth to Calgary. I will be back and forth to Calgary, to Houston, to Latin America. 
probably a little bit too excellent well we we need the energy that you bring to our city so uh, yeah i love calgary calgary is an awesome place we have a lot going for us i encourage everybody to just uh, you know take the time to to get to know people are amazing here i i do love uh you know every calgarian that i've met um i think we have a great thing on the go here we need to tell our story and that's you know part of the reason why my company um has expanded is and, and will be expanding more into europe is i want the Alberta story to be told. I want this innovative story to get out to the world. We don't tell it enough. No, being the best kept secret doesn't really pay off in this case at all. In this case, it <laughs> doesn't. It's actually hurting us very much. I and agree so with we is. need to we need to just bring out the message, right? I mean, you know, we, we gotta do it collectively. We gotta intentfully do it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it's like going to a conference. Don't just show up, plan, plan for True. it. Well, and that's, hey, be the change you want to see in the world. So here we are today on the air telling this story to our millions of fans that are going to generate from this podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was awesome. wonderful chatting Thank with you. Thank you.